Warning, the NBA Hole podcast is not intended for children. The explicit tag is there for a reason. It's only intended for adults that are masochistic enough to consider taking an MBA program. If you like the show, please give us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. This helps us fool our robot business overlords that we are, in fact, more important than we actually are. Follow us on the Twitter box at NBA Hole Podcast. Hold on to your butts. Here we go. Hello and welcome to the NBA Hole Podcast, episode number three. Uh, If you like the show, please uh, give us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, if you can find it. It just got submitted to the store uh, last week, and it just is up there and is not searchable for some reason yet. So uh, we're working on that. Uh, Other thing you could do is just uh, share it with a friend, Uh, especially... Yeah, you probably have friends now, but uh, after you join one of these programs, um, if you haven't yet and you're looking to do so, you're probably not going to have any friends because you're going to be doing this shit all the time and you won't be able to do anything and uh, fuck my life. So anyway, I'm just kidding, of course. Uh, My name is AJ and today we are talking more economics. Yay! Okay, the first episode I talked about uh, getting in a program, the ins and outs of all of that shit. Uh, Second episode I talked about some economics and some supply and demand and some shit like that. Today we're going to talk some more economics and don't worry, we have statistics shit that we will talk about coming up in future episodes and it is going to be a blast. It's going to be so much fun. You're going to love it. So, anyway, um, yeah, we're going to talk about production uh, and uh, the PPF and that type of thing today. Opportunity costs, uh, sunk costs, all that kind of shit. These are general concepts that you're going to need to know uh, when you're getting into an MBA course and econ and uh, things to look forward to. And I'm going to describe them poorly Uh, because I can't do what an esteemed American or international university can do. Um, First thing that I do want to talk about before I get into production is sunk cost. Sunk cost is one of the first things they teach you in a program. And it's basically like the idea of... um, it's a fallacy. So it's like a logical fallacy. It's um, that, that you... It's the idea that you are so far into something that you need to finish. Uh, that's that's basically what the sunk cost fallacy is. So the best way to attribute this is to like a car. You've probably had a car. If you're like me, you've probably had a piece of shit car at one point that would break over and over and over and over. And you start adding it up in your head. You're like, well, I just replaced the friggin' radiator and that was $800. And I just replaced the starter and that was $800. And I just replaced the fucking this the fucking snozzle raft snozzle shaft whatever the fuck is in in a piece of shit car 
Um, and that was 700 bucks. And you start adding these things up in your head and you kind of reason yourself uh, illogically. You, you reason yourself into putting more into it. That is the basic overview of the sunk cost fallacy. Uh, the other way to put this is, um, let's say, for instance, you're halfway through an MBA program and you're like, eh, I don't know, this isn't for me, but I'm so, you know, I'm halfway through it and I should stick it out. Maybe you shouldn't. I don't know. Sometimes I wonder that. Sometimes I'll be taking a finance course. Yeah, maybe th theoretically, let's say, say theoretically, I will be taking a finance course. Uh, maybe let's call it uh, last semester. I will be taking a finance course and we will, let's just say, theoretically be um, figuring out how to v uh, value bonds and uh, do like uh, bond rate type of shit and valuing stocks and compounding those and um, and uh, talking about proxy firms and let's say theoretically that was going on and let's say um, in that scenario that I get uh, incredibly depressed and I like don't want to get up off the couch and I just want to like fucking lay there and watch Netflix um, Theoretically, um, and the more that I theoretically work on finance and the more I try to understand it and the more I go back to my group with questions theoretically and that I understand that they have no fucking clue what's going on, uh, I think about throwing in the towel. Um, maybe I should. Sunk cost fallacy would tell me that Maybe I should. Maybe there's something to that the that theoretical situation because that has never happened to me last semester. Uh, <laughs> so um, yeah, that's basically that in a nutshell. Look, it's in a giant nutshell. Um, okay, now we're going to talk about production. Uh, just some basic concepts of production and like what makes this sort of thing tick. And maybe you are just a masochist and you are either currently in a, a program or you've been in a program and you are listening to this for hopefully some comedic relief because that's what I want this show to be. Um, I want it to be a bunch of dad jokes um, and sort of uh, just poking fun at life in general. Um, and hopefully you'll say, oh yeah, I remember fucking production and the production possibilities frontier or the PPF. But honestly, I just remember enough to pass the fucking test. <laughs> uh, so production, basically, um, with production, you basically have to figure out, okay, what do we produce? Because resources are scarce. You can only spend so much time doing a thing. If I wasn't making a 30 to 45 minute podcast, I could be writing ad copy, freelance writing ad copy for somebody and make $200. We'll talk about opportunity cost here in a minute. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so you basically have to figure out what, what you're going to produce because resources are scarce, whether that's uh, people or things or, you know, that sort of thing. Widgets. 
I don't, I know they haven't used widgets in my program, but I think that was like a thing in like the eighties and nineties. Everything was widgets. So uh, sorry to all you all y'all. Uh, people that are really old and and have really old MBAs and talked about widgets, but uh, we haven't done that. So anyway, the production possibilities frontier. Basically, the idea that with this, it's like a graph, or what I remember about it, it's this curve. It's this curved graph, and it 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 uh, creates a a graphical representation that that uh, shows your specialization, um, and so, like, you can basically uh, decide. It, it decides between a couple of things that you can produce. You can either, I don't know, produce friggin' uh, cars or airplanes or whatever that is. And there's going to be a point with, uh, where specialization kicks in to where you're able to produce the most of either one of those things. Um, so, that's kind of sort of how I remember it from some old fucking notes uh, probably getting a lot of that wrong but uh, yeah whatever um, so uh, basically what what happens with this is this thing called law of increasing opportunity cost and like I said before like when you specialize in making airplanes uh, the opportunity cost to produce it is is going to increase so like all right, well, now you got a bunch of guys that can make wings and know how to make wings, and you have all this material that makes wings, but, like, you don't have any freaking car tires or rims or people that know even how to do that. So, yeah, that's kind of that. Um, along with that is this concept of opportunity cost. And this is basically, like, what you're giving up. And to put this in a different frame... Um, Think about like, okay, so technically it's the cost associated with opportunities foregone when your resources are not put to their best alternative use. And best alternative use is, let's take this example. Uh, Y'all got a um, building and it's in Chicago. It's downtown Chicago, high rent. Um, what are you giving up? And, and, and let's say let's say you're even working there let's say that your company is located there and you're working there um okay the opportunity cost would include like okay it, it you could go somewhere cheaper you could locate out to the burbs and you could still own that building but you could rent that thing out for bank and uh that's what you're giving up uh you're giving up yeah uh, you're you know you're from it from a um, cost accounting standpoint that building that you own uh, you're not really paying anything on it but you're not making what you could and maybe if you moved your business somewhere cheaper you could um, be more efficient and also like make that much up in rent uh, so that's kind of basically the overview how I see it um, with uh, with production, um, there's this idea of uh, marginal product of labor, and this is sort of a big concept in economics. So, basically, it's, it's marginal product. Um, 
is the change in output divided by the change in labor input. Um, and your goal in production is basically to find your highest marginal product of labor. So at what, like how many of these, I don't know, friggin' hamburgers can you make? And what you're gonna run into uh, with a production staff and with your resources and all of that shit is this key concept called the point of diminishing returns. Um, the point of diminishing returns is basically when all those freaking hamburger makers are bumping asses. Like you have this, <laughs> you have this food truck, let's say, and sure, yeah, you, one person, you can do more with two people. You can make, I don't know, 200 hamburgers an hour instead of uh, 55 hamburgers an hour with one person uh, because you can have somebody I don't know you, you could sort of I don't know do better because you got more more people or whatever whatever those numbers are who the fuck knows whatever it's stupid it's all made up um, maybe you add three people and you're still increasing but like when you add that fourth person where that truck is crowded as fuck um, and you are bumping asses making these hamburgers, that is a point of diminishing returns. It's like you can't get any more um, with the input that you're putting into it. And that's kind of the, the area that um, people that are looking at production are trying to hit. Uh, every time and there are some numbers and some formulas and some shit like that and then you run into this thing called production function and basically so there's this formula for production function and it uh, shows up as q equals f and you'll be like so you know some of these one of these different courses like um econ and and uh statistics i mean you're gonna run into in statistics, you're going to run into fucking P hat and fucking shit. <laughs> like, what the fuck is a P hat? Um, but in, in econ, you're going to just have like a bunch of letters equal something. And you're like, what the fuck does that even mean? It's stupid. I don't know. Some of these formulas just get under my skin. But uh, Q equals F, because that makes sense, right? Uh, where Q equals output. <laughs> oh, uh, Okay. I'm, I'm, Q equals output. So Q is um, is the output of labor, and then the F is uh, is different factors, uh, which is basically um, capital and labor. So your output equals your capital and labor, and then there's some fucking equations there that get you to your fucking marginal product bullshit so uh, you're going to spend some time on that and trying to figure out uh, production function I remember like fucking tables and trying to find um, with increasing inputs like what you're going to get on output so plan on doing some math there uh, it'll be fun don't worry about it You'll get it in the moment. You'll understand enough to take the test, and then you'll sort of forget about it like I did. And uh, you'll move on with your life. And when you get into a production area, you're going to like hire somebody to do that. So unless that's like what you want to do, and then like, why are you listening to this episode? Like, what's wrong with you? So uh, the other thing um, 
that can, I guess some things that can, that can affect this uh, PPF or the production possibilities frontier and just like production in general are things like specialization. I get back to the example that I used before, like y'all building airplane wings and not friggin' rims. Um, you're not going to be very good at building rims because the last time that you built one was friggin' seven months ago and you kind of suck at it because you've been building friggin' airplane wings. Um, I don't know why you would do such a thing, but uh, I don't know. Te technological advances, too, um, can greatly increase um, your output on a particular type of thing. So think about um, TVs and the way that uh, TV technology has advanced. Uh, think about the old cathode ray tube TVs uh, where you have the friggin' Uh, you have basically have like this phosphorus tube in the back that heats everything up and like displays this picture. Now technology advanced to where that was uh, that's obsolete, and we went to LCD screens, so the liquid crystal display. So that was a technolo uh, technological advance, and then in the early onset of that, uh, TVs were really fucking expensive, um, probably. Probably because these factories were trying to figure out their PPF. Like, okay, well, uh, they're either going to make cathode ray tube TVs or they're going to make these new TVs. And uh, it costs them a lot to make these newer TVs because it's a new technology. They're not making as many of them because there's still a demand for these old TVs. Until that demand shifts completely and they say fuck the old TVs like we get we are really good at doing this and we can crank these things out and the product is better that it's a technical technological advance we're going to get on this thing and so they start cranking these things out and are able to um not only uh use this for like TV screens but for like computer monitors for like like anything with a screen is probably coming out of like I don't know ten factories in China, and then they go through as parts and they are specialized as I talked about before specialization, uh, just making screens, uh, going on with some other opponents being assembled in other places and away you go. So technological advances can have a massive effect on a PPF and just like production in general. Um, you know with this. Uh, it's sort of obvious, but like the more units that you produce, the less the production cost. So like, I don't know, you're doing a million freaking of these LCD screens. Like you're going to get really good at it. You're going to figure out best practices. You're going to, you're going to have somebody that's in charge of that factory. That's talking about goal hours and hitting like, uh, quotas and, your labor cost is going to go down because people are going to get really good. And yeah, your materials are going to be cheaper because you're buying in larger quantities from the suppliers, etc., etc., etc. It's this really cool ass ripple effect, and um, you know it's kind of fun to think about. Um, so some assumptions here is that like productivity basically assumes that people act rationally and that people react. <laughs> People react to incentives. So um, I don't know. I, I'm not sure why um, these assumptions 
are in the things that I've read, but like it has shown up in multiple places that 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 uh, that people that that productivity assumes these things. I I don't know. I guess if you are like employing a bunch of fucking people that act irrationally like all bets are off like what the fuck that should go without saying but i thought it was fun to include in my show notes um also that people react to incentives this one is a little less funny um because yeah i mean that's like the whole sales profession is built on spiffs and i don't know they call it greasing people's palm and paying people for performance. So, like, yeah, people react to incentives. And that's true. So you, you hit goal hours, you hit KPIs, you hit uh, major business objectives. Things like that uh, can be tied to bonuses. It doesn't necessarily have to be tied directly to a salary or, or a, um, a paycheck, a direct take-home take paycheck. It could be bonuses. It could be other shit like that. So, um. Yeah, but people do react to incentives. Um, okay, another thing that you're going to run into is this thing called the principal agent problem. And that's basically, you got two parties, right? You got the, uh, uh, it's, it's a two-party system. <laughs> this is not a politics show. Um, so you have the principal, which... Uh, is I don't know. Let's call them the owner of a company, and then you have an agent. Uh, let's call that person um, non-owner of company. So, um, yeah, basically, uh, this is where um, th- this type of thing occurs when the agent or the non-owner is allowed to make decisions on behalf of the principal. That's where this problem, or they call it a problem, quote-unquote problem, and there's been so much fucking shit written on this, I'm just going to probably make some jokes about it, so you get what you paid for, so um, have some free uh, jokes. Um, So, basically what happens in a lot of this situation. Okay. If you think about the owner of a company, like they kind of have to take all of the information that they have from all of their sources and make the decision that they would do, but you hire people to do shit for you and you hire people typically that with, with the, um, with the idea in mind that they will make decisions that uh, you um, sort of set out and and that, that uh, you kind of want that to, to uh, uh, flow through the organization. You don't want them to um, act against your best interest. So that's kind of where this, this comes in. But um, there's this thing called ace, uh, asymmetric information. And that is when the agent has more info than the principal. So it's the it's the reverse. And this again comes from something like specialization, where let's say your CFO is going to know uh, uh, a lot more about finances and how um, all of that shit is going on, and, and probably in pretty great detail. 
um, your, uh, let's say your manufacturing person or your GM, let's call it your GM, is going to know about the issue that you had uh, with something that broke. And your, I don't know, your marketing person is going to know about the freaking contract that uh, is coming due and rate hikes that are coming up and this campaign that's going on for X number of dollars, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You're going to have all these departments. And the principal is relying on each one of these different uh, departments to act in their best interest. And that principal doesn't necessarily know how they're going to act because you have to empower people. You can't sign all the contracts. You can't be everywhere. You're not fucking Santa Claus. Uh, but that would be pretty cool. I wonder what Santa Claus is principal. Uh, the, the the Santa elf uh, problem occurs typically when the Santa um, uh, and the elf. Uh, well, well, let's say let's just say when the elf is made to uh, allowed to make the decisions on behalf of Santa. Okay, so anyway. Uh, a way that you would probably realistically see this, uh, especially if you work at like a really big company. So like, let's say the principal um, of this company is a um, is is a, a capital uh, investment firm. And, you know, typically they will have a board of directors. They'll have C-level, you know, they'll have a COO, a CIO, a CMO, a C-something-something, a C-something-something. Um, and all of these agents um, could possibly be acting in their own best interest. Uh, maybe they're doing something that could give them more authority or prestige or more money or some other shit like that. And so I, I guess with this, like, basically, like, people are tough. You can't tell what they're going to do. You hope that they're going to do... Uh, the the right thing quote-unquote right thing but like that's this gray area that we have to do and we have to deal with when we're dealing with people um that's where i think like kpis and uh different things like that to where you can kind of tell where people are goal hours things like that are are pretty good benchmarks of knowing where you are on uh with with certain people but uh also just like being a good manager involves staying in communication with your people and kind of knowing their character and uh, getting to know them for more more so than just like how much money can they make for me what can they do for me maybe you should think about what can you do for them how can you make their life how can you not be the the person that they go back to their family at, at night and be like god my boss was just a fucking dick um, don't be that person. Um, maybe that could help. I don't know. I haven't seen any papers written about that, but, uh, that's kind of my philosophy is, um, with employees is, uh, treat them like humans cause you're one too. And, uh, don't treat people, uh, the way that you wouldn't want to be treated. You know, that whole golden rule thing, um, you know, treat others as you would uh, want to be treated, that sort of shit that you learn on the playground and you don't have to spend thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars in an MBA program to try and figure out. But I digress. Anyway, 
Hope you like the show. Um, we'll be back with uh, a show about uh, stati- statistics. I think I'm going to call it, uh, you got to be sadistic to like statistics. And it will be fun because I, I have to smile when I talk about statistics because fuck statistics. <laughs> Barf. Hold on, hold on. Oh, sorry. I just thought about statistics too much. Anyway, uh, share the show with your friends. Uh, even if they don't have any fucking uh, interest in MBA program stuff, maybe this will be like, uh, maybe this will get them thinking about some shit, you know? Maybe it'll be a good work thing. Maybe you can send it to your workmates and uh, get your workmates thinking about how to treat people right. Uh, just just be nice. Be nice to people. Have fun. Um Till next time, see ya.